0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good Good evening. Good evening. Good
1: evening. Do we have overseer Stevens on the call? This is she. All right. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I am blessed, tired in my body, but I am here. <laughs> Thank God. All right. So this is Terry that you're speaking with. We're gonna okay. give um it's not quite seven o'clock Anne- yet. So we're going to give uh um, no. opportunity for a few more people to get uh, on the call. Okay. Is and that you,
2: Miss Ann Hill?
1: And, um, what I'm asking is that, um, once the call gets started, if everybody would um kind of mute themselves if you have extra um noise in the background so it doesn't carry on into the call
0: I oh, know, I know what I think Push it off. With. All right. Good evening, everyone. We're getting ready to get started. I'm so excited,
1: as always, for the monthly Bible study for Delta Psi Epsilon Christian Sorority Incorporated. And I'm extra excited to hear from our speaker this evening. Before we begin, are there any outspoken prayer requests at this
0: time? all right well i'm asking um prayer for our,
1: our president that god leads and guides him just as he changed the heart of pharaoh i know that he can change his heart as well i'm praying for all of our leaders be there mayors aldermen city councilmen anyone that has rule over us because the bible tells us that we need to pray for those that have rule over us so I am asking prayer for all of those, um, continue asking prayer for the kids that are dealing with the shootings that are going on in the schools. They are seeing, I mean, like they're getting out of control, and the plan is just to take out the young people. So I'm just asking for all of those um, students that are dealing with the tragedy, all of those parents that have lost their child, or a parent never wants to have to bury a child. So we're asking for prayer for all of those that have been lost, all of those that need healing in their bodies. I'm praying for them, those that may be on this call and may be grieving. I'm asking that God gives them comfort. Are there any other outspoken prayer requests? Let us go before the Lord. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this evening first of all, just to tell you thank you. Thank you for who you are. We thank you for all of the things that you've done. We thank you for all of the things that um, you're going to do. God, and even if you don't do anything else for us ever again, we still stand before you and tell you thank you because you are the true and living God. You are the awesome, almighty, almighty, all knowing God. Lord, all of those prayer requests that went forth, those that were spoken, those that were unspoken, we know that you know the needs. We know that you know the wants. We know that you know the desires. And I ask that you grant them all according to your will and to your word. As we go forth in this Bible study today, I ask that you touch the woman of God who's going to bring forth the word to help us move and and abide in you and all that we need to do. These things I ask in your most precious and holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I would like to um, introduce our speaker. So Pastor Stevens invited Christ into her life at the age of five, during Vacation Bible Study School at the Oak Grove Baptist Church. She was baptized at the age of nine at the Grace Baptist Church of Germantown, where she was an active participant of the junior missionaries, visiting the sick and shut-in, the junior ushers, and the children's choir. Yes, she learned early on about serving and helping others, including street ministry at the Hillard Station Baptist Church, where her father, the late Reverend Tyrone Woodbury Sr., was the pastor. As the PK or preacher's kid, becoming a preacher herself was farthest from her mind. While in college, Overseer Stevens was introduced to missions as a lifestyle. She was the outreach service coordinator for the Baptist Student Ministry and one of the key leaders for the women's Bible study. Her weekends and breaks were devoted to service projects and missions to people of all backgrounds and ethnicities. Some of the places included major U.S. cities across the country and to Jamaica. She helped the youth ministry, sang on the young adult choir, and served on the Richard Allen's Home Development Ministry at New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. She received various biblical training, including the Deliverance Evangelistic Bible Institute and the Mel Floyd School of Evangelism. Truly, God has a plan and work for Overseer Stevens. She attends Destiny Christian Worship Center, where she has faithfully served the life-changing Christian Fellowship under the teaching and leadership of the senior pastor and presiding Pile, Bishop Everett, in various roles over the 10 years. She has called Overseer Stevens to the next level of ministry, to the position of Overseer of the Youth Department, Chief Adjunct to Bishop Everett. You can learn more about her if you find her on social media. She is a devoted wife to her loving husband, Kevin Stevens, whom she married in December of 2003, and she's the loving mother of two children. I now turn the lesson over to um, Overseer Stevens for our word for today.
3: Thank Amen. Thank you, Evangelist Terry. I thank you so much um, for having me on the call. First, I just want to give all honor to my Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ, for the opportunity to share with everyone on this call. And it's a word that I believe that's, that the Holy Spirit has given me. And I don't take this um, opportunity lightly, but first I just want to, I know what my Bible tells me. My Bible tells me to give honor to whom honor is due. And so, again, I just want to thank you, Evangelist Terry, um, who is the National Ministry Director of the Delta Psi Epsilon Christian Sorority Ministry. And based on our conversation, I know she doesn't want me to give her any kind of recognition, but um, I definitely just want to thank her. And just I'm just um, proud of just the ministry, the, um, the opportunities that they have. They love outreach, they love sharing the Word of God, the love of God to everybody. And, you know, their chapters extend all the way to different countries as far as from Texas, Illinois, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. And so again, it's it's um I just want you to help me in honoring this woman of God. Um, especially taking time out of her busy schedule, being a mother I'm sure of young of young children as well, and in school and um doing the ministry as well. So thank you again um for having me on the call and to all the members of Delta Epsilon. I greet you all with the joy of the Lord. And for me, I know this is a Bible study call, but for me, the Lord ministers to me through, a song, through songs for every situation. It's like when I wake up, I hear songs in my head, um, I'm in a shower, and I don't even realize that I'm singing. But I think that this song is appropriate for our lesson for tonight. And so I'm just going to give you a little rendition of For Your Glory by Tasha Cobbs um, as we um, go into our theme, which is Standing Steadfast. For
0: your glory, I will do
1: anything just to see you, to behold you as my king. For your glory, I will do anything just to see you. King. I want to
3: be where you are. I gotta be where you are. I want to be where you are. I gotta be where you are. And so, I know the theme scripture was Philippians 1:23, and then the scripture lesson was Philippians 1, chapter 12 through 18, and 27 through 28. And so I'm going to read the English Standard Version. I'm also going to read the, um, the message because I think that um, it, it's, it's um, a difference when you hear it. So it reads from the first verse. I want you to know, from the 12th verse, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Only let your, manner be, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or in absence, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Now from the message it reads, I want to report to you friends that my imprisonment here has had the opposite of its intended effect. Instead of being squelched, the message or the gospel has actually prospered. All the soldiers here and everyone else too found out that I'm in jail because of this Messiah. That piqued their curiosity and now they've learned all about him. Not only that, but most of the followers of Jesus here have become far more sure of themselves in the faith than ever, speaking out fearlessly about God, about the Messiah. It's true that some here preach Christ because, with me out of the way, they think they'll step right into the spotlight. But the others do it with the best heart in the world. One group is motivated by pure love, knowing that I am here defending the message, wanting to help. The others, now that I'm out of the picture, i merrily greedy, hoping to get something out of it for themselves. The motives are bad. They see me as their competition, and so the worse it goes for me, the better they think for them. So how am I, going to, how am I to respond? I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed, so I just cheer them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known, regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his bounty. Life versus even more life. I can't lose. Yes, and I will rejoice. Meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear it from a distance. Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust, The message, the good news, not flinching or dodging in the slightest before the opposition. Your courage and unity will show them what they're up against. Defeat for them, victory for you, and both because of God. There's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him, and the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. You're involved in the same kind of struggle you saw me go through on which you are now getting an updated report in this letter. So Paul was in prison. Here we have Paul in, in Rome. He's in prison for preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ. He talks about having so-called friends or having haters. He was to, he was um, sharing how people thought because he was in jail that it was to his detriment. But actually he said, listen, this is a great thing that I'm in jail because people are getting saved, people are wanting to know about the gospel. They're curious as to why I'm here. And so that was more exciting to him. But he also said, listen, if I'm going to die, look, it's also good also because I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. And so it was a win-win situation for Paul. So I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about it. What is something that the Lord has instructed you to do? And you know it was God, whether he spoke directly to you Maybe through his word, and he confirmed it with a witness. What is it? Just think about it. And let me ask you this. Are you already operating in what he said to do, or are you in the process of doing what he called you to do? Perhaps the Lord called you to dance, or maybe you should even be choreographing that dance. Maybe he called you to sing or to be that songwriter. Maybe he has called you to be a part of a ministry or even to start a ministry. How about a business, maybe he instructed you to change jobs, maybe go back to school, or even teach at a school, maybe you should be learning how to drive or write that book, whatever it is, if you have not started that process, then let me ask you this also, what's holding you back? And many times we talk ourselves out of doing what we know God has called us to do by coming up with excuses, whether it's, okay, I'm, I'm too tired, I lack the resources, or it's just little old me, or better yet, fear. And I know uh, last month one of the sisters who led the Bible study, she touched on fear. And I can't remember the acronym that she used, but I know, but I know fear to be false evidence appearing real. And so we've become experts at watching other people fulfill their dreams. Um, whether it's on TV, social media, um, instead of trying to figure out how they do what they do. And so we're occupying our time. And maybe it's it's circumstances that have kept us from doing what God has called us to do. And I know, yes, life deals us a hand that we often don't have control over. I heard um, Terry was mentioning about the the shootings and um, praying for the president and everything. And so we go through things from the death of a loved one to tragedies beyond our control. We may experience trauma. Situations cause us to feel like we're losing our minds. Sometimes we feel like we don't have any hope, um, maybe that we're defeated. And so many Christians, I believe, struggle with standing steadfast once life throws them a curveball. Now, going back to Paul, although he was in prison, his imprisonment led people to inquire about Christ. So he encouraged the Philippians to have confidence in working for Christ. And in so many words, not to take their eyes off the main thing, just basically keep the main thing, the main thing, which is the gospel of Christ. And that's our commission, what God has called us to do, is to go into all the world baptizing them and teaching them in the name of the Father and the Son. And so he encouraged the Philippians in their faith. So I want to share that what we go through is, for god's glory it's not for ours and, and i just want to share a story with you um years ago i was like 16 years old That's so, about well, i don't i lost count but it was it was um at a young age and my family and i we were involved in a tragic car accident and we were coming from philadelphia visiting family and friends and um, as we were coming back we were in an accident and in that accident um my father was the pastor of a church in Massachusetts, and my grandfather, he was a deacon right here in Philadelphia. And so, while I was in the hospital, I remember a team or a group of people coming in. Um, and I had a crushed liver, by the way. There was, um, you know, a family of six in the car. Um, my sister um, also had um, head injury, um, and I had a crushed liver. My sister, other sister, had a uh, what is she? Had? She had little scratches. But um my point in saying this is that while we were there, the team of people came to me and they said, I got some good news and not so good news and I'm like, okay, trying to see which one to hear first. And as they were the team came, they were looking at me. They were all were like on in guard or in position, ready to like if I was to scream or jump or run down a hall or something like that, um, they were all ready I thought ready to um like subdue me or something. <laughs> So basically, um, when they told me um, about my father, they said, okay, they told me that my grandfather had died in the accident and my father died in the accident. So my first thought was, in my head, I'm thinking, like, okay, I know he's a man of God. And I said, and, I, and it was like I heard say that so it can be a witness to the, the doctors. Um, and so I immediately said, you know what, my father was a man of God, and he would be willing to give up his life for anyone who does not know the Lord. Can you imagine the look on the doctor's faces? Like, they are, like, looking like, okay, she's not jumping, she's not screaming. Um, And not to say I didn't, you know, feel any um, emotions, but I'm just saying at that time it was to witness, to be a light to them, to let them hear God. So later I learned, as we put the puzzles together about everything, later I learned that people actually, they had a service where people came to the altar and they really did give their life to Christ. There were people who rededicated their lives. Um, I remember there was also someone, as they rededicated their life, they eventually, they went to seminary school. And we wound up donating a lot of my father's books for that person's schooling. Um, Another person was prompted to teach Sunday school, and out of that, even as one of the drivers, my mother was able to start a grief ministry for anyone who experienced any type of loss, whether it was death or divorce, and to this day, she's still involved in that, and it's all for the glory of God, and so my father's last preached message was about love, Um, and even now, as I share this story, it's for God's glory. And so had not my had my dad not been steadfast, standing steadfast on his assignment, he wouldn't be having. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. So um, as I'm going back to Paul, there was there was nothing more exciting to Paul than to share the gospel and to win souls and to see the kingdom of God advance. So if we're not standing steadfast to what God has called us to do, it also impacts the lives of others. It's not about you. It's not about us. So people are dependent on you. People are dependent on us. There's people that are hurting, people experiencing broken relationships. There are people who are feeling lonely. There are single mothers trying to raise children in the absence of a father. People are feeling hopeless. People have lost their jobs, and people are searching for employment. People are mourning the loss of a loved one. And I thank um, Terry for that. Again, she was praying for um, people who are grieving. And it could be anybody on this call that might be experiencing that. Um, People wondering where their next meal is coming from or how the next bill is going to be paid. People are sick. People are hearing bad news from the doctor. People feel devalued and unappreciated and they don't know their worth. People don't know that they are loved and maybe you can identify again with this. And imagine if you're going through any of this, imagine if you couldn't go to that person, your go-to person. For that counsel, or you couldn't go hear that song that you um, like to hear um, to encourage you. So, whatever God has called you to do, we have to. Do, we remember that it's for His glory and not for ours. And it doesn't matter what the what it looks like to us, like we we can rationalize everything in our mind and what it looks like. But as you continue to put your faith in Christ, only He can give us the inner peace as we're um, experiencing life's troubles. So. I just want to encourage you, if God called you to it, he will get you through it. And we just have to trust the process. And just because God called you to something, sometimes we think that God called us to something. Let's say uh, you heard God say to do something today, and you think it's supposed to be operational, fully operational by the next day. Um, But, you know, David is a prime example. When God anointed him king, he wasn't king at that time, but later on he became king. So we just have to recognize the seasons of life that we are in um, where we can operate in a plan because it wouldn't be wise, like, for example, if you're just having a baby, that is not wise to be in ministry, or if you're just getting married and you're, like, in full-time ministry. um, But we just have to recognize the seasons of life that we're in. So whatever you do, it has to be for the glory of God. And I'm reminded of Proverbs 16.3, which tells us to commit our plans, commit our ways to the Lord, and they will succeed. And so anything that honors Christ is going to definitely benefit us. And, of course, it doesn't feel comfortable when the Lord takes us out of our comfort zone. When If God calls you to something, it's not going to feel comfortable. It's not going to feel nice. Um, and, for example, another example is when um, – for my teaching certification. There was there was times where I would take the test and it's been like one test after another and it's like I I didn't pass the test. I might have missed it by a few points. And then finally, I got my teaching certification, which was a really proud moment, but it was because of this one person. Had it not been for this one person who said, listen, um, I want you, once you get your certification, nobody can't take that away from you. But had it not been for her, I would not have been able to pursue my dreams or pursue um, any kind of business or, you know, know that I could do it. And so sometimes you might have to come out of pocket. You might have to go to bed a little later. You might have to get up a little earlier. Um, But to whom much is given, much is required. So I just want to encourage you to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, mind, and soul. And we can't lean into our own understanding. We have to seek God in whatever he wants us to do. Um, whatever we do, we have to work as we're working to God, not human masters. So I just want to encourage you to stand steadfast in the word of God. you got to stand steadfast in prayer, stand steadfast in reaching the lost and sharing the gospel. Stand steadfast in your walk with the Lord. Stand steadfast working out your situation. And so... I I don't know where this declaration came from. I I saw it, and I said um, I liked it for me. But you can say it as I'm um, helping you to say it, giving you the words. But it says, I declare that this is a time when the Heavenly Father will make all of my God-given dreams and aspirations come to fruition. I declare that I will arise from fear and embrace the courage of the Lord. I declare that this is my time and season to accomplish a living God's ordained purpose and destiny. And I just want to encourage you to declare whatever God has called you to do, to do it, to stand steadfast. God bless you all.
1: Amen, 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 woman of God. Thank you for that that rich word to us tonight. From the Lord, were there anyone that had any comments that they would like to
0: make, any questions that they have for our speaker? Hi,
2: this is Stephanie from Louisiana. I would like to say to the speaker, God bless her forever. I truly have been blessed by her ministry and thank her for blessing us and sharing her knowledge and wisdom with us. And I was
1: really looking forward to joining you all tonight. And truly, once again, you all bless me. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? I'd like to say thank you to the minister that spoke, um, overseer Nawana. Um, I can say that the word tonight was a blessing for those who was listening. Because if you hear a word and not listen to it, it's two different things. So therefore, tonight, what well was said, hopefully it was listened to and not just heard. May God bless. Amen, amen.
2: Anyone else? Yes, I would like to say something. This is Sister Pat. Praise the Lord, Terry. Praise the Lord. And, and um, I, I just enjoyed it and just want to add this one thing, that she just piggyback on what she said. Uh, for to me to live, is Christ and to die is gain when she was talking about her dad and how her dad died for the, and, and, and even here, this is what Paul was saying for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And in him dying, so much was born out of his death. The different ministries was born. So when we live our lives so that, that when we do die, that ministries are born for that. What a blessing. So we have to stand steadfast in what God has called her to do. And I just want to commend this young lady to continue to birth this ministry, continue to let God use you in this here, continue to be built up in what you're doing and, and continue. It's so wonderful. Stand fast in what you believe. No, it's not going to always be. Easy, yes, you're gonna have people that's gonna go against it, but when you do what God tells you to do, I promise you you can't look at what you see in order to get where you're going. you got to look beyond what you see. Mm. hallelujah, uh, amen stop right there amen amen uh, amen, amen. <laughs> cause I'm... I' can take it and go on, I love the Lord. I really
1: liked what, you know, you're saying is that how sometimes we do, and this goes along with what um, Sister Pat was just saying, how we try to talk ourselves out of what it is that God has for us to do, but we have to stand fast in that and on his word. Um, And I like what you said, that we have to stand fast on the word of God. We have to stand fast in prayer. We have to stand fast and I walk with him we have to stand fast in our work that we do for the lord that is most important and I enjoyed myself tonight I don't know about nobody else is there anyone else that had
0: comments or something you would like to say please feel free all right um can you do me a favor and email me that declaration
1: Yes. That you read, and then what I'll do is I will share it um, on my page, and then those that are connected with me that are on the call that I may not be friends with, that they'll be able to get it and share it with other people as well. Okay. Thank you. All right, well, is there are um, no more questions or no more comments, again, as always, we enjoy... You for joining us for our National Bible Study. Our National Bible Study takes place on the second Thursday of every month. Our uh, teaching for the month of April is He's Alive, that's coming from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. And we'll have um, one of our own soror, Soror Lene Spragley, who will be Our teachers, so again, please join us every second Thursday to hear a word from the Lord for these women and men. We're going to have some men that are coming up that are going to be sharing the word of God with us as well. So please join us again to hear a word from the Lord to help us um, uplift our soul. Everyone have a blessed night, and you be blessed. And God bless. God bless you, mm-hmm. and again, thank mm-hmm. you so much
2: you're for that word.
1: Everyone have a blessed evening. Good night. Good night. All right,
2: let me wake my
1: child up to get him in the bed. This is real quick. I did not go home with this. Peace. Tyson, say, "Come on, baby. I know you sleep. It's gonna give you shower. Mommy gonna wake you up."
0: this is a